Welcome to the Energy Update for the week of November 16th, 2020, presented by the Institute for Energy Research. I'm Alex Stevens. We have a number of new blogs on IER's website this week. Uh, first up that I want to highlight for listeners is a piece titled, Pennsylvania Governor Orders RGGI Implementation Despite the Legislature. Uh, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf vetoed the state legislature's bill that would prohibit new taxes without legislative approval and ordered his staff to continue with the implementation of the state joining the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative in 2022. Uh, that piece goes through some of our past analysis of the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative and talks about this overstep by Governor Wolf attempt to circumvent the, uh, the legislature there in Pennsylvania. In addition to that blog post, there's two other new pieces that we have on our website. We have an analysis of the environmental impact of lithium batteries, as well as another piece that talks about America's only offshore wind farm, uh, which will be going offline for some time for an expensive repair. In this case, the Block Island Offshore Wind Farm, a 30-megawatt facility off the coast of uh, Rhode Island, will be taken off this spring for expensive repairs. It's the only operating offshore wind farm in the United States, and the residents of Block Island will have their electricity produced by diesel generators on floating docks while the wind farm is offline. Yeah, and the, and the Block Island wind farm has only been operating for about four years since uh, December 12, 2016. The final thing I want to highlight for listeners this week is the newest episode of the Plugged In podcast. This week we had Nick DeLulis, the president and chief executive officer of CNX Resources, on the show, we discussed a number of topics, including his outlook on the energy industry, his views on corporate social responsibility, and we discussed his forthcoming book, The Leech, An Indictment of the Evil Sapping America, Depleting Free Enterprise and Bleeding Producers. Here's a short segment from that podcast. Nick, I'm really interested in and intrigued by your use of that phrase, disruptive technology. Uh, when the general public thinks about fossil fuels, that probably isn't a phrase that they think of. Um, can you talk about how your perspective on the industry might contrast with, with how it's discussed generally and perceived of by the average American who may not have the intimate knowledge that uh, the three of us do? It's a, it's a great question, Jordan. It's, it's absolutely something that uh, you see quite a bit of. When, when you say energy industry, fossil fuels, natural gas industry, people outside of the region or outside of uh, individuals working within, within the industry they associate, again, what was traditionally uh, done and the approaches that were traditionally used with, with that technology at that point in time. Uh, today, this is very much a disruptive technology at work, and, and you see it across many different facets. Um, so when I think of this industry today, my analogies are um, sort of the analogies of the computer industry on the advent of, of computers and PCs, uh, many software uh, industry type analogies, uh, what Henry Ford did with manufacturing and what that did to the automobile industry and its transition and evolution, uh, what you see now maybe with social media and the like, it is a literally a new disruptive technology. And now you're seeing this evolution where you've got state-of-the-art advanced technology that's step-changing the cost and the economics of providing basically a widget in the form of a methane molecule, natural gas, that is absolutely vital to every facet of life that you can imagine from this region to the developed world to the developing world uh, and everything in between. And now you're seeing a really interesting dynamic at play where you've got individuals uh, who are waking up in the morning in southwestern Pennsylvania or eastern Ohio or northern West Virginia. Uh, they're going to work in the natural gas industry. 
And during their eight hours on the job, they are doing something with respect to extracting or processing or transporting uh, this methane molecule. And that methane molecule can end up in many different uh, applications. So it might stay in region and go to generate electricity here, which it's doing so at a much lower cost than what we've seen traditionally, and it's doing it at a much better environmental footprint than what we've seen traditionally with, uh, with options like coal. It might be shipped in a pipeline and sent to another region of this country to do the very same thing. The Southeast United States is a case in point, which is building its economy off of natural gas. It might be liquefied in Maryland and sent on a liquefied natural gas LNG vessel and sent to India, Japan, uh, Europe. And those countries and nations that are utilizing it are using it also as a strategic hedge. So if our natural gas is liquefied and sent to Poland, that's to help Poland with respect to how they manage one of their neighbors named Russia. Um, if that is shipped to Japan, that's helping them manage a relationship with a neighbor called China. So these have some pretty significant geopolitical implications as well for the country and the world. And then last but not least, uh, increasingly, I think people are coming to realize that if you really wanna have a very impactful immediate impact on the poor across the globe, the quickest and best thing you can do for them is to get them access to electricity at the most reliable, lowest cost way possible. And that lowest cost, most reliable, quickest way possible is through natural gas fire generation. So increasingly now we're seeing more of the developing world where there are poverty issues and poverty challenges where they're starting to embrace uh, natural gas in a bigger way. And that is doing unbelievable things to life expectancies, uh, to infant mortality rate, and frankly, uh, to quality of life in the form of individual rights. Because when you, you get electricity access, suddenly education, all those other things start to take off and uh, in rights, individual rights uh, start to flourish as well in those regions. The Plugged In podcast can be found on all the major podcast platforms, including iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. And to discover more work from the Institute for Energy Research, visit our website, instituteforenergyresearch.org.